What it be, what it do, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Off the Dome Podcast, Season 2, Episode 6. Opening night was last night. I was planning on making a podcast yesterday, but I just wasn't able to do it. I'm going to give you all my thoughts. I'm going to give you all my thoughts on last night's NBA games. There was two of them. The first one was a little bit um, not as good as we expected. The Brooklyn Nets are just too fucking good, I guess, for the NBA, or at least for the Golden State Warriors. And the other game, the Clippers and Lakers, was looking like it was going to be a blowout until we realized that, oh yeah, the Clippers can't keep a a double-digit lead. And then until, I guess, Paul George came back on, it was a very close game, but PG-13. I mean, shit, Pandemic P got the vaccine before all of us, I guess. I mean, (laughs) perks of being in the NBA, you know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, let, let's take a look. Let's take a look at what happened last night. Holy fuck. The NBA's finally back. The NBA, ladies and gentlemen, is finally back. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to give you all my official like standings, my standings predictions, and then my playoff predictions. That was what I was supposed to do yesterday. I was going to make a whole podcast about my entire standings and my playoff predictions. Um, I thought it wasn't really worth it. And also, my camera battery died midway through recording, so I just... Was like fuck it, they're all like my my standings predictions are all gonna be wrong anyway. Just like yours would be if you made them. That's just how this shit works. Like I'd probably get the Lakers right at number one, you know what I mean? I might get like a 15 seed in the East right or some shit like that, or maybe like one, one or two random ones spread throughout. But for the most part, I'm gonna be dead wrong. Same as my playoff predictions. Um, that that's just how it goes. They're very difficult to rank. But yeah, let, let's start off. Let's start off with last night's games. The Brooklyn Nets. The Brooklyn Nets went in. Let, let me make sure I get the. Let me make sure I get the actual score here. But the Brooklyn Nets uh, hosted the Golden State Warriors. This game would have been so fun with fans, as as would all of these games be. But the Brooklyn Nets went, hosted the Golden State Warriors, who didn't have Draymond Green, who obviously still don't have um, Clay Thompson, who suffered that injury. The Brooklyn Nets went in there, or and they won 125 to, to 99, and that's 125 to 99 for the Brooklyn Nets. That's the thing is the Brooklyn Nets they dominated this game and they had complete control of this game throughout the entire game. They from start to finish they dominated this basketball game. The the and especially in the first half, the first half until they kind of took the starters out at the end. The fourth quarter was a little bit of it was back and forth. Um, nice to see some of the young guys getting going. Uh, James Wiseman, second overall pick, he had a nice little game. But when you look at the stats, when you, I, I wrote down a few a few key ones here. Of course, Steph Curry, his first game of this season. Steph Curry finished two of ten from downtown. He shot two of ten from three point land. Do I think Steph Curry is going to keep shooting two of ten from downtown? No. But I, it's this. It's only one game, but what I've been saying, I don't trust Stephen Curry without Klay Thompson. I'm sorry, I, just, I, I personally don't do it. That's why I don't have him ranked um, up there with the Honest Out of the Kumpos of the world. I don't have him up there ranked with the uh, with the Kawhis, the Kevin Durant, the, the LeBron James. He's And he might prove me wrong. I, I hope he does. I want to see Stephen Curry absolutely thrive without Kevin without Klay Thompson. I just don't know if he can do it. And of course, it's just one game, but from that one game... He didn't play good. Uh, he finished with 20 points and was a minus 23. Speaking of plus minus, the Warriors starters combined for a minus eight or minus 18. No, the Warriors starters combined for a minus 118 box plus minus um, in that game against the Brooklyn Nets, who in turn the Brooklyn Nets starters combined for plus 124 
box plus minus. Take a look at Kyrie Irving. He was only he only played 25 minutes, put up 26 points, an efficient 26 points. Uh, it was uh, 60. Was like what have I got written down here? 68 percent from from the field, um, 57 percent from downtown. This man, what he was he was absolutely dominant throughout start to finish. He and Kevin Durant lit it up in the first quarter. Let me just make sure. Yeah. Yeah, Kyrie Irving, 10 of 16 from the field. He was terrific. Kevin Durant played played 22 minutes or played 24 minutes. Easy, easy 22 points for Kevin Durant. I mean, he just did his thing. In the first quarter, he put up 10 points, and he got the jump shot falling. He got the, the three pointers falling early. Um, he did miss a few shots throughout the game, though. That like he's not like he he didn't shoot too efficiently. But again, I think it's just a bit a bit of rust a bit of rest. Uh, a bit of rust from Kevin Durant. Nice to see him hit 7 for 7 from, from the free throw line. But 7 to 16 from the field, he was missing a few mid-range jumpers that he normally hits. I don't think that Kevin Durant is all the way back to what he once was, but he's very close. He's very, very close. He's still a bit rest, rusty. He's rough around the edges. You know, some of the mid-range jump shots that he normally hits ha- didn't go in last night, and they haven't really been going in throughout the throughout the preseason. But some of the moves he does, he, he can blow by a player too. There's a couple times and we've seen that he'll catch a ball, and it's, it's, it's that sweeping move, and he'll get right by right by a defender who's trying to close out. And once he gets going to the hole, once he gets going down uh, downhill, there's no one who can stop him. There's no one who can stop him in the NBA. Speaking of players who, who, who might be able to stop him, I'm saying there's no one who could stop Kevin Durant, but if there were any players who could stop him driving in the hole, his teammate Jared Allen played a, played a terrific game. And to be quite frank, the entire Brooklyn Nets roster played a terrific game. They, like this team, top to bottom, played a very well. And I'm, and I'm talking about the the you know the players you we would normally see on the bench. They they did play a lot of their a lot like a lot of the shitters. Not that they're bad players or anything, but like they're not going to be playing big minutes. But this is one of the most talented benches in the NBA right now. And I might go as far as saying they're the best bench in the NBA. And if this proves anything to, to the Brooklyn Nets, they do not need James Harden. They do not need to make a trade for James Harden. No way should they break this team up. I do not believe so. When you got Karius LeVert coming off the bench, Jared Allen, Landry Shamit, uh, who is it? That's Jeff Green as well coming off the bench. Tareem Prince coming off the bench. These are starters on maybe 50% of the teams. Karius LeVert could be a starter on, I'd say, Karius he, he, LeVert could, could, he, he could be a starter on this team. Let's be real. LeVert could, be, LeVert could start on this team. Um, but the fact that they've, they've got the ability to, to take Karius LeVert, who's playing almost that Lou Will role, who's playing that Manu Ginobili role, a player who's, he's fucking good enough to be a starter on damn near every fucking team in the NBA, but he's saying, yeah, I'll come off the bench, and I'm going, I, he's that spark plug coming off the bench. I thought Jared Allen as well. Terrific defender, terrific defender. He can protect the rim, unlike 90% of big men in the NBA. I mean, he's up there. I wouldn't say he's quite up there with the Rudy Gobert and Anthony Davis of the world, but he is up there on the upper echelon of rim protectors in the NBA, and he can throw down as well. And just honestly, terrific energy throughout. Landry Shaman, we all know that he can knock down the three ball. Jeff Green has some nice plays. Uh, Tree and Prince as well. He does his thing. He didn't do too much last night. He put he quiet 16 minutes, only, only scored one point. But really, honestly... Kyrie Irving did his thing. Kevin Durant, uh, Kyrie Slavert, and he had scoring. There, there, and Joe Harris. Those four were the only players who were in double digits. But the scoring just came from everything, from everyone. You know, Jared Allen, Landry Shamit, uh, Jeff Green. They're all up there. You know, five or six, seven, eight points. Dinwiddie nine points. They, they didn't need to do that much. They shot the ball quite efficiently. Kyrie Irving was spectacular. If Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant can be spectacular, can do what they do, and they play great defense as well, you know, you'd think that you think that a team coached by Steve Nash and you think that a team coached by Mike D'Antoni 
wouldn't be you know the most defensive the best defensive team in, in the world uh they only give up 99 points to the Golden State Warriors and and the thing is with, with the Brooklyn Nets my biggest takeaway with the Brooklyn Nets is this team is so scary in transition is they are so active their hands are always so active on the defensive side of things Kevin Durant a lot of us thought including myself that Kevin Durant wouldn't be a great defender coming back that they, his injury would impact his defense more than any other part of his game but he he had three steals and the entire Brooklyn Nets team the minute a shot went up and it wouldn't fall that that fast break they'd push the pace it's a bit and and, and a, a loose ball tip ball whenever there's a turnover the Golden State Warriors Fast break down at the other end, and, and that led to some big plays. Uh, really nice inbounds play, too. I think it was in the third quarter. Uh, Kevin Durant lobbed it up to uh, DeAndre Jordan. Very nice play. DeAndre Jordan had a few nice plays. Uh, of course, Kelly Oubre Jr., he slammed him down on Kevin Durant's head top. That, that was early on in the game when there was still... Actually, no, the game was kind of over by then. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, the Brooklyn Nets really impressed me. And if this, the Brooklyn Nets last night gave a huge warning call to the entire NBA, but more specifically to the teams in the Eastern Conference who are rumored to maybe make a trade proposal for James Harden. The Boston Celtics, I know y'all love your guy Jalen Brown, y'all love your guy Marcus Smart, but goddammit, them motherfuckers are not beating this Brooklyn Nets team. You're going to need a superstar and a real superstar, not just, Dace, not just Jason Tatum, who will be a superstar in a few years. Y'all need a real fucking superstar and <laughs> you, do, you, you do not need Jalen Brown because he is not going to help you. I mean, he's, he's, he, Jalen Brown's good. I'm trying to disrespect Jalen Brown. But when it comes down to it, <laughs> you got to package a deal to get James Harden. The Toronto Raptors as well. Listen, Toronto, I, I, I've been hard on you guys. But there's no way in fucking shit that you're beating this team. Philadelphia, there's no way. Y'all need James Harden. Okay, the only team that in the East that could actually beat this, these guys are like the Miami Heat because they're just weirdly good in the playoffs, and the and the Milwaukee Bucks. But even then, that's that's a that's a reach. That's a reach. But Boston, they're, they're too young. The Toronto Raptors, no way. Um, Philadelphia, I don't think so. Obviously, teams like Indiana, Washington, no, that's not gonna happen. If if last night proved anything to any team in the in the NBA, it proved to the teams in the Eastern Conference. In particular, the Boston Celtics, the Toronto Raptors, the Philadelphia 76ers, that you guys are not going to beat the Brooklyn Nets with your, with your current roster. You need James Harden. I know y'all love Jalen Brown and y'all love Pat, or fucking, I don't know who Toronto loves. Yeah, shit, trade Pascal, trade Pascal Siakam for James Harden. Trade anybody you have on your current roster for James Harden. Okay, the only players in the Eastern Conference from those three teams, from Philadelphia, Toronto, and Boston, that are completely safe from a James Harden trade should be Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, and Jason Tatum. Everybody else should be on the table to trade for James Harden because with your current roster, you are not beating this basketball team in the Brooklyn Nets any point in, in four out of seven games over the next, I don't know, as long as they're together. Like that, that's, the hard, that's, that's the reality of the situation. Boston Celtic fans, they love their team. Y'all love Jalen Brown. Y'all love Marcus Smart. Y'all love a lot of other guys. Kemba Walker, you guys love him. But you, <laughs> there's no way. There's simply no way that he can beat this Brooklyn Nets team. Let's move on. Let, let's move on to the second game of the night. The game that was more anticipated, I think, because it is the Battle of LA. It was the ring ceremony for the LA Clippers. It was nice to see Jared Dudley get that elusive championship ring. And as LeBron James once famously said, "It's about damn time." Jared Dudley, big ups to the boy. You already know how it is. 
By the way, I don't know if any, if how many of y'all were watching that that ring ceremony, but when they had when they had all the all the, all the fans introducing their their or all the the families introducing their their players, right? And it'd, it'd be like the the kids from LeBron's I Promise School saying thank or shout out LeBron, and they present LeBron James with a ring. Very nice. But Jared Dudley's son, that guy, he talks like he's seventeen years old. I swear he's five. Like this is fucking like five or six year old. He's talking like he's seventeen years old. He's an he's he's scary. He's, he was scaring me for sure. Um, but shout out Jared Dudley, of course. Uh, gotta love you. Love to see it. You love to see it. Um, let's see. First up, I mentioned this earlier. The LA Clippers cannot hold a double digit lead. They can't do it. They 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 won that game. They won that game. But let's be real. Are the Lakers really gonna be missing that many shots ever again? Or maybe they might, but. If in a playoff series, are the Lakers going to be playing the way they did last night on offense? No. Is Paul George, I hope he does, but is Paul George really going to be playing that good to the tune of 26 uh, second half points? He did, he, I, I don't know if he, I don't know the exact facts in this, but I don't remember him missing any shots in the second half. The first half, that was some pandemic pee fucking ass when he catching the ball, throwing the shit out of bounds to the refs, <laughs> looking over at fucking Luke Kennard. Where are you, what are you doing? Paul George, man, like a fucking clown, bro. But he went off in the second half. Anthony Davis is, he is simply too dominant. He had a quiet night last night, but there was, there, there was flashes, man, that Anthony Davis, he is so fucking good. At this basketball thing and his mid-range jump shot is virtually unstoppable i would say that currently right now anthony davis has the best mid-range jump shot hand in your face kind of pull up jay in in basketball and that's including kevin durant i think kevin durant right now doesn't have the best because he's been hurt and he's been missing a few of those shots but anthony davis going back to last year's playoffs particularly in the finals against the miami heat this man you like you put a hand in this in this man's face he's still hitting that mid-range jump shot he, he his mid his mid range game is ridiculous, very very impressive, and I mentioned this earlier, but Paul George had a great game. Last night's game was back and forth in the second half. The third quarter that was back and forth. It, the Lakers never quite got the lead, but they were always there. They were one, two, three, four points behind the Clippers. They were always there back and forth until the Clippers subbed out Kawhi. Shit, the game was very close back and forth until Kawhi Leonard got subbed out for Paul George. Kawhi was struggling that game. He, he, he was. I'm a big Kawhi guy, but he, he was struggling that game, especially shooting the ball from downtown. Okay, he still got his points. He still got, what, 26, 27 points. But the minute that Paul George got subbed in for Kawhi Leonard, the Clippers took that game over. Paul George went off, and he won that game with the LA Clippers. Pandemic P got the vaccine at halftime and went fucking crazy. Put up 26 second-half points, 15 of them in the third quarter, 11 more in the fourth quarter. No mercy from playoff P. No mercy from what's on the board now. Fitzer P, whatever that the doctor is. I don't, I don't know. Um, but shout-out Paul George. He was great. He was great. And speaking of that third quarter, I... I, I want. I, I gotta. I gotta mention LeBron James. I have to mention LeBron James. Listen, I'm not. I, like. I didn't expect anything big out of LeBron James. I don't think anyone really should be expecting anything big out of LeBron James. He he's had one of the shortest. He's had the shortest offseason, um, in any by any team in NBA history. LeBron James. He. I mean. Okay, we weren't expecting great things from LeBron James in opening night. I don't think anyone really was. 
he had no real expectations on him. It'd be unfair to assume that LeBron James is going to be going right back to what he was in the playoffs in the bubble. LeBron, like he, 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 got, he, got, he got his dunks. He got his dunks. They were nice dunks. It was scared us a little bit when he tweaked his foot jumping on Zubach. That was kind of a funny moment until he realized that LeBron James was hurt. But y'all, y'all, notice, y'all notice how LeBron James load manages, though. Like, let's be real. LeBron load manages. If you don't think LeBron James load manages, you're naive. Now, I'm not holding this against LeBron. I think he should do it. I think a lot of players should load manage. I, I gen- especially when you're as old as LeBron James is, especially when you get to the older side of your career. I think players should low manage. LeBron James, though, he still plays in the games. When Kawhi Leonard low manages, that man just sits out the games. LeBron, he plays in the games. He gets credit for playing in the games. He'll play 30, 35 minutes. But, but, but if anyone watched that game last night, did you notice who LeBron James was guarding on defense? He played in the games. He was playing on offense. But on defense, half the time LeBron's playing in the game, he's not doing anything. He was guarding Luke Kennard for fucking what? It felt like 10 minutes. He was just sitting in the corner guarding the shittiest player in the building, Luke Kennard. No disrespect, but he had a bad game last night. And no disrespect, but he's the worst player on the Clippers who was playing a lot last night. Shit, I'd take Nick Batum over Luke Kennard. But LeBron James, the way LeBron Lowe manages is very sneaky. He'll still play on the games. He'll still, put, he'll still play 30, 35 minutes. And he'll still play on offense. But on defense? Nah, he, he, he guarded Luke Kennard for 10 minutes in the third quarter. He is not doing that. The thing is, he's guarding Luke Kennard while Paul George is going fucking ridiculous on Kyle Kuzma's head top. Um, I'm, I'm not holding that against LeBron, by the way. I think he should low manage. I'm just saying it's funny when people say that LeBron James doesn't low manage. When the, when the reality of the situation is that he's been low managing in different ways than the traditional low management where you just don't even play. LeBron plays, just doesn't really... Give it, give it his all, especially on defense. And, and again, all power to him. It's his first game back, okay? I understand a lot of bronze sexuals probably won't like that. I just said that about him. They're they going to get mad, and I'm sorry. But I'm saying it's just his first game back. If I were him, I would low manage too. Just don't lie. He does do it. He does do it. Very sneaky, very sneaky. Um, yeah, LeBron, LeBron James did his thing. I was going to mention that LeBron James still does like to complain to the refs a lot, but that's just kind of hating, and I'm not trying to, not trying to hate LeBron James too much. Uh, I thought one more, one more quick thing on LeBron. I thought it was very interesting that with seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, they took LeBron James out of the game. Um, when his team was down 102 to 90 to 92, it was still a very close game. I think, I think it might have been, might have been a nine or 10 point game. I, I have written down here 102, 92. I can't remember if that was the exact score um, now that I think about it. But it was a nine or 10 point game and they took LeBron James that was seven minutes left in the fourth quarter when it was still a ball game and it seemed like the Lakers almost gave up in that game sooner than they should have. They took Anthony Davis out of the game with 10 minutes left or no, with, with about three minutes left and it seemed like they just kind of, yeah, we're chilling, which, okay. I mean, if I just thought that was kind of strange. But whatever. I mean, I, the Lakers clearly don't really care about opening nights, as they, like, you know, it's not a big deal. So, so it's just an opening. It's just an opening day. I just thought I'd mention that because I thought that was a bit interesting. Yeah, and I've talked about Paul George. He went off in the third quarter. Twenty. He finished with the twenty-six second half points, and the Clippers' interior defense looks very good. Nick Batum. I thought that was. Like, I was like, why are you picking up Nick Batum? But yo, Nick Batum can kind of like. Okay, 
His stats aren't great, but when you watch the man play, he knows the game of basketball. He's not doing anything he can't do. He's 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 doing his thing. You know what I mean? He's not getting in the in the way of chemistry. And I saw him. He's dribbling the ball up the court. And as I'm saying this, if you didn't watch the game, you're gonna be like, "Yo, shut the fuck up." It's Nick Batum. And he's trash. But if you watch the game, you know what I mean. He, like Nick Batum, like he 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 made like. He, 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 was, he was pretty sick. He was pretty sick. I mean, he's obviously not scoring a lot or doing a lot, but he led the team in, he led the team in passing. He, or he led the team in assists. Um, he, he's got a high basketball IQ. I think that he's kind of turned into a joke because of that awful contract that he signed with the Charlotte Hornets. And I think that's, that's a big thing with, with a lot of players. They go to the Charlotte Hornets, and it's like, yo, they get the bag, but then they, get, they also get the reputation that comes with the bag. Like a Terry Rozier. He was, he was a very nice player. But the minute he went to Charlotte and he got that big payday, it was like, yeah, you got the payday, but now you got the reputation that you're overpaid as fuck. Gordon Hayward, same thing. Nick Batum, same thing. Like, okay, you go to Charlotte, you're going to get the bag, but you're going to get that reputation of being overpaid and overrated, and you're going to be a fucking joke. That's what you are going to be. And it's, 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 not, it's not the player's fault. It's not Nick Batum's fault. Would you have declined that, that offer if... if if, would you have declined the same offer that Nick Batum got offered? Hell no. No way. But the thing is, when you the, the Hornets are a shitty organization, and that's what that, I guess that's what happens. But the Clippers, I really like seeing their, their interior defense. Montrez Harrell, he did a thing he did a thing for the Lakers. He's always gonna be the energi- the energizer bunny. The thing was the thing is with Trez, I guess, was the chemistry wasn't always there for the Clippers last year. Okay, and chemistry it, it affects the team a lot. And it's nice to see you, you get a guy like Batum, who who obviously doesn't have the same personality as Trez, and Serge Ibaka, a good friend of Kawhi Leonard, who doesn't who who. And by the way, Serge Ibaka, he's used to seeing Kawhi Leonard load manage. He's used to seeing the kind of treatment that Kawhi Leonard gets because he saw Kawhi Leonard get that treatment while the Raptors were making their amazing championship run just two years ago. So yeah, the, the Clippers. And I thought their 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 interior defense has gotten much better, and they've gotten bigger. Zubac can ball. Zubac did his thing. And I really like Zubac too. I think people are start, people are slowly starting to realize that Zubac, he's more than just like a kind of a, a bumbling tall white center playing on a really good team. Like he he can hold his own. He he can play great defense. And he had a couple of really nice dunks too when he's just driving down a lane 100 miles an hour. And you don't want to get in the way of that freight train coming down Main Street. Uh, um, yeah, and I've also got written here. Um, Pandemic P got the vaccine, and now he's Pitzer P or Fitzer P or how the fuck you. You say that. I thought that was funny. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, yeah, that, those are my reactions on opening night. Great games. It's, it, I love seeing the basketballs back. I'm so fucking hyped for this season. Like, this this season is going to be the best season that I think I'll ever have watched. 2016 was terrific, especially the way it ended. 2016 was ridiculous. Kobe's last season. Kobe's last game. The Warriors going crazy. Uh, Stephen Curry winning unanimous MVP. And the playoffs were so hype. Seeing the Toronto Raptors, at least being here in Canada, there was so much energy because the Raptors, they went really far that year. They went to, I mean, they took the Cavs six games in the Eastern Conference playoffs. Um, 2016 was awesome. But at the end of the day, I think 2020, it's got a shot at being the best season that I've witnessed yet. Or that at least that at least I can remember witnessing. Of course, when I watched the Spurs win the NBA championship back in 2014, I was a bit younger then. I was what 13 years old back then, so like I don't remember that as well as I remember a year like 2016. But this shit's gonna be hype, and I also didn't watch basketball as much back then. Um, but yeah, this shit's gonna be hype. I mean, it's really other than Clay Thompson's injury this season, like, everyone's back. I might be forgetting some people, but everyone everyone's back. It's gonna be great. And now let, let's let, now that I've gotten. Um, 
kind of the main stuff out of the way. I just want to quickly jump into my standings predictions. I'll kind of just quickly riff through these player or riff through these teams. And it's important to note, note that just because I have a team seated higher in the standings does not mean I think that team is better than a team I've got seated below them. Okay, these are regular season standings. The regular season does not mean a, a whole heck of a lot um, when it comes to. I mean, the, the seeding doesn't always determine what team is better. I think we've called. We've kind of all understood that. And also, I'm assuming that James Harden is not is no longer on the Houston Rockets here. I'm ranking the Rockets as I would without James Harden. And then I'm also ranking all the other. I'm pretty much ranking as if Harden's just not in the NBA. Even though I think he will be picked up. Well, he will. He will be on a team. He will be playing this year. But I'm assuming he's not on the Rockets. And I'm assuming he's not on like the teams like the Celtics or Heater, 76ers, or other teams that are in contention to get James Harden. So let's start with the Western Conference. At, 15, at the 15th seed, I've gone with my San Antonio Spurs. Um, it's tough. I mean, again, like these are all going to be very close. It, and I'll probably be wrong on all these, but who, who the fuck cares? 15 Spurs, 14 Thunder, 13 Kings. 12 Grizzlies, 11 Timberwolves, 10 Pelicans, 9 Rockets. Now we get into the playoff teams. Of course, the Pelicans and Rockets being in the 9 and 10 seed. They are, I guess, in the seeding game teams. And I made this before this, the game started last night, by the way. Um, but this is about a few days ago I made these. At the 8th seed, I've gone with the Golden State Warriors. 7 seed, the Phoenix Suns. The 6 seed, the Dallas Mavericks. The 5 seed, Utah Jazz. 4 seed, Trailblazers. 3 seed, Nuggets. 2 seed, Clippers. And the 1 seed, I've gone with the Lakers. Some things that might some things that might be a little bit weird here. Y'all might think, why do I have the Trailblazers so high? This important is always a good, a good regular season team when they're healthy. Damian Lillard's always great in the regular season, and and Portland's gotten a lot better than they were last year. It's a great team in the Western Conference, and the Suns. I think I might have them a bit too low. Not gonna lie. Golden State though, I'm happy with where I got them. The eight seed. That might be that might I might get that one right. I think I might actually get that one right. Let's go to the Eastern Conference. At the 15 spot, I got the Cavaliers. 14, I got I'm gonna go with the Knicks. At the 13, I'm gonna go with the Hornets. At 12, the the Chicago Bulls. At 11, the Pistons. And going into the two seeding games, uh, this two the two teams that'll go that'll be playing in the seeding games, Pistons and Magic. I've got or no Magic and Hawks. I've got them at the 10 and 9. Magic at 10, Hawks at 9. Uh, at at uh, number I originally had the Raptors at 8, but then I Thought that you know these guys are always good in the regular season. So at the so at the eight seed I've gone with the Pacers. The seven seed I've gone with the Wizards. The six seed I've gone with the Toronto Raptors. The five seed 76ers. Four seed Miami Heat. Three seed Brooklyn Nets. Two seed Celtics. One seed Bucks. Like I said, I made this before I watched the opening night last night. After that, I can see the Brooklyn Nets winning like fucking 50, 60 games next year. Like yo, <laughs> these guys have no mercy at all. <laughs> Holy shit. But yeah. It's like I'm probably wrong in all those, but who the fuck cares? Let's go on to the playoffs. The final four teams that have gotten the Western Conference playoffs: Lakers, Clippers, Mavericks, and Blazers. Now that's just based on how I've seeded these these teams all out. Lakers versus Blazers. I think the Lakers will win that series. Mavericks versus Clippers as a rematch of last year's first round series. I'm gonna stick with the same winner that happened last year. I'm gonna take the Clippers. Lakers, Clippers in the finals. Give me the Lakers to to represent the Western Conference in the NBA Finals for the second consecutive year. Uh, and now at East, the final four teams, the Bucks, Celtics, Nets, and Heat. There is a big gap. I mean, there, there is a clear big four developing in the Eastern Conference right now, in my opinion. The Bucks, Celtics, Nets, and Heat have kind of separated themselves as a clear-cut top four teams in the Eastern Conference. The Philadelphia 76ers are knocking on the door. The Wizards are knocking on the door. The Raptors are a bit farther back. So they're kind of in that same tier with the Pacers. 
a bit farther back. I'd have the Hawks kind of up there too. But the Bucks, Celtics, Nets, and Heat, they're coming. And I think the Nets and the Celtics especially. The, or no, 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 the, the Nets and the Bucks especially. Giannis, he, he's a different breed. He's a different breed. I'm telling y'all, y'all, y'all disrespecting Giannis out of the Kumpo. Y'all saying he's not gonna win. Y'all saying he's doing, he, he won't do shit with the Milwaukee Bucks. He's talking all that shit about Giannis, but this man's coming. I don't know if it'll happen this year, but it's coming. This man, he's he's gonna he's he'll be playing in an NBA Finals very shortly, very shortly. Um, great baller, and yeah, so I've got I've got that, and then yeah, Final Four in the East: the Bucks, Celtics, Nets, and Heat. Bucks versus Heat. I'll take the Bucks in that series. Celtics versus Nets. I'll take the Nets in that series. And meaning, I, in my prediction, the Lakers and the Brooklyn Nets will be facing off in the 2021 NBA Finals series. And I made these predictions before I watched the Brooklyn Nets last night. These are made about half a week ago. Not, not even sure. But I've gone with the Lakers to win the NBA championship. They're going back-to-back like the Jordan 96-97. Hold on, let me, let me restart that. I've got Lakers to win the NBA championship. In my prediction, they'll be the Brooklyn Nets in the NBA Finals. They're going to go back-to-back like, like they're on the cover of Lethal Weapon. Back-to-back like the Jordan 96-97. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's it. That's the podcast today. I hope you all enjoyed. This wasn't a very long one. How many minutes? What am I here? I'm like... Just under half an hour. Just under half an hour. That's long enough. Um, yeah, if y'all want me to talk about anything else in future, let me know. I might start up a segment where like, I let y'all send in or ask questions and I'll, or send questions into my DMs. And I'll kind of go through them on the show. And yeah, that's that. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for tuning into this episode. Like, subscribe, do all that good stuff. Trying to hit 10K on YouTube before the end of the season. Follow me on Instagram too. And yeah, it's all Ball Nation 60. Kanye Mike Dean taking the church one time. Let me get more volume. Let me get more volume. Let me get more volume. Let me get more volume.